Everyone knows that living life means making choices. But how do we make choices? Why do we pick one thing instead of another? René Girard gave a simple answer. It's called mimetic desire. We usually explain why we want something in one of two ways. We say we want it because it suits our unique preferences, or we highlight the objective good qualities something has. Either way, we claim to choose autonomously, in isolation from others. While he was reading and teaching classic literature, Girard realized that the great writers reveal a deeper layer of our psychology. Girard saw that in the classic works, there is always a model, someone the protagonist admires and wants to be like. Just as the protagonist in a novel imitates an appealing model, we all pattern our choices on somebody else's example. It might be a celebrity we've never met, or it could be our best friend we've known all our lives. Man is the creature who does not know what to desire, said Girard. He turns to others in order to make up his mind. We desire what others desire because we imitate their desires. Instead of being direct and autonomous, I want that, our desires are derivative and triangular. I want that just because someone else wants it. Girard's insight sheds light on financial bubbles, fashion, social media, and every human interaction. It explains why people fight even when there's plenty to go around, and why conflicts are often worst when the stakes are smallest. When we model our desires on those of others, we end up competing for the same jobs, the same mates, the same real estate, and the same social status as everyone else. What's the solution? Girard said, imitation is inevitable, so we can't just stop imitating. The most important choice in each of our lives may not be where to go to school, what career to pursue, or even who to marry. It may be who to imitate. Bold perceptions. Hello, 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 Bookman. You've been with us for a while. Bookman's yeah. back a couple times. Bookman is back for a third time. Now, this is the trilogy. This is the Bookman trilogy. We'll see if there is a, maybe a book released about this. But how are we doing, Bookman? It's going well, man. It's it's going really well. Uh, life's good, dude. Uh, we're growing, growing a business. Um, we're starting that scale phase, uh, and it's it's good. I have nothing to complain about. No, and you do not. You are chilling. You're about to go to Austin, Texas on a little vacay. And me and uh, me and Book have been talking a little pre um, episode, and we do have a topic we want to get into, a specific topic. Um, and we were talking about, you know, Bookman's business, the updates with him. And I feel like we left off on a perfect place to transition in. Um, it's like a trap door. You know, you, you're in one conversation, you find yourself in another, just like that. But Bookman was saying he's scaling up. He's making big numbers. He's all, he's yeah, I'm not going to say, you know, exact digits, but he's making big numbers. He is hiring out, you know, he's creating jobs. He's hiring out. He's got strategy. He's doing it all. And that I want to I want to begin, Bookman, to get into desire, human desire, human psychology, why they want the things they want, as I know you do as well. And now let me ask you from a personal place of experience. You're starting to see numbers in a business you created very recently skyrocket. These are not little kid Play-Doh dollar monopoly money dollars. These are big numbers. Have you had your perspective? on what you want and why change strictly looking at these sales numbers? I know that's, that's a general big question, but let's just dive in. So, so, okay. To answer your question, that's why I suggested this topic is because 
I'm always kind of questioning what I want. And I don't know if I've ever been super clear about what I want. I do like, I do thoroughly enjoy uh, running my business. Like I love, I love Seattle book, man. It's fun. Uh, but like, I'm still searching for the, the, the thing that holds me accountable throughout the life of the business and my life in general. Like, why do I want the things I want? And I've, that's kind of what I've, I've literally for the last two months just been like really fig- trying to figure out like, okay, what do I want? And then like, I noticed what I want depends on like it changes like every single week. Like you can feel these little like changes in the things that you want. And, and, and it, 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 it honestly fucks with my head sometimes. Like, like trying to figure out like, do I want to generate revenue? Like that seems like a boring purpose in life. And, uh, and I've just been trying to figure out like why people want the way that they want. And um, that's kind of like what I've been uh, reading about. And it's probably the most fascinating, like, uh, I guess, topic I've ever did, like really dove into. And it's, it's been fun. Well, let me jump in with this. So obviously desire and motivation. I mean, money's a motivator to a lot of people, whether they know it or not. And that can stem off in a different reason. Why do you want money? Do you want security? Do you want luxury? Do you want confidence? What do you want? Um, but I've also heard that once you get money, the way you truly are as a person is magnified. So if you are money motivated and you want to go party, you're going to party more. If you're more of a philanthropist and you have money, you're going to give way more. Um, right. Family man, you're going to give back to the family way more. Have you thought about that? Yeah, yeah. I've heard that that uh, truism, I guess, or a little saying, like, right, like uh, money amplifies who you already were, right? That's kind of where you got that from. Uh, I don't know. I'm always, I always question uh, little slogans like that, like, like, I'm not quite sure because I, I guess I don't have enough experience in life to like really be like, okay, that's how people are when they get rich. I haven't. Also, you enough. are the natural official devil's advocate of bold perceptions. Yes. No, no. And that's one thing that will always be true is I, I always, but I don't only question other people. Like, I don't always play devil's advocate to other people. Like, the person I do that most to is myself. Like, I, I play my own devil's advocate all day long. Like, uh, but it's really helped me. Like at first I thought like, Oh wow, I can never commit to anything. I I, I was had all these side hobbies. Like I was playing poker. I don't know if I think we talked about this in the first episode, like, and I would just do all these different things. And I thought it was bad, but like, I think it's starting now to like actually pay off to like always question everything. Uh, And I've always been that way. Like when anyone says anything, my immediate reaction is like, Hmm, that's probably not true. And I, I, and I, I don't want to be a cynic at all because I, I, and now I just look at it and just be like, okay, people think these things, like, why do they think them? Like, you don't need to just like disagree for the sake of disagreeing. But what I wanted to talk about was uh, something that I've, I've, I've been reading about and learning is, uh, so Rene Girard was a, uh, he was a, uh, uh, he was a philosopher. And he talked about his whole thing is like Rene Girard's mimetic theory. And so he talked about how the reason why people want things is not like we think we want things because like, um, like we want things autonomously, like we want them because things suit our unique 
desire. But his theory was that everything is mimetic. We want things because other people want things. And we all have these models. And so whether you know it consciously or it's more subconscious, we have people in our lives, whether we know them or they're like celebrities or influencers who we model our desires after. Like we want the same things that they want. And he says that it like, and I don't know, I don't know if I agree like to the extent that he believes it. Like he believes that basically all desire is medic. And like, I think that most people want money. The people who want money want money because the people that they most look up to or their models per se also want money. It's less of like a utility thing and more of like, like it's like you want money for the same reason someone wants a Louis Vuitton bag. You know what I mean? And that's what I want to talk about. Like really question the things that we want. And uh, like, if you look at the influencer market right now on social media, it's like that whole idea has turned into an industry, like people selling things that they want and they profit off of it. And it's a huge industry. And that's kind of, it's just been really on my mind recently. So this is very interesting. Um, I, 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 I already had suspicions that, you know, motivations and desire are not autonomous, but I really like the way you put it into the frame as, you know, celebrities and influencers subconsciously and consciously influence you way more than you think. Right. And I think like even with the, uh, the example of rap music and rap culture, so I listen to rap still. I used to listen to it a lot more, but I would like idolize these rappers, okay? And like whatever their lyrics were talking about, something's going off in my brain. Like I got to have, right. you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And no, you go, that's a good point. Because I mean, it takes many shapes and forms in pop culture, um, whether it's reading, listening, watching a show, movies, ads, everything. I, I do buy into that. Yeah. And, and so what brings me to my ultimate devil's advocate question for you is like, why be bold? Because the people on your podcast are bold? Like, and what is bold? Like, are you trying to be, is being bold, like being different and having these bold perceptions? Um, and and I, I do, I love this claim. I love the podcast and I do appreciate people who are bold and I think it's awesome, but it's like, we're going to reach a point where like, I think in culture right now, like doing like following the beaten path, the nine to five thing is becoming less desirable than every, like people are starting to want to do other things or have like bold ideas. And eventually we're going to get to the point where like, everyone's trying to do that. Where like following this bold path is going to become not that different. People are going to be having, like everyone's going to have podcasts and all this stuff. And then at some point that's just going to be the thing that everyone does. And then it, it becomes like not bold is any is this even making sense yes okay so i know exactly what you're saying and i had the exact same thought the other day so here's my example um i was on tiktok and i've been looking at a lot of crypto lately yes every single video is a new dude with new advice about crypto they're getting a shit ton of likes all of it and that made me think okay what the hell is it too late already? Because if you're seeing all these different people that are doing crypto, is it already saturated? Um, and this mirrors what you're saying. If everybody's bold, then it becomes unbold to be bold. Yes. 
I also think this, let me play devil's advocate back. Your life is a reflection of your reality, okay? So if you're looking for red cars, you're going to see a shit ton of red cars. But does that mean that the only car is red out there? I'm getting very philosophical here, but I think, I really don't think that if, if let's say you are the way you are, Riley, and you see others becoming you, and let's say you're bold, it may appear that everybody else is becoming bold and may muddy your perception of how many people are not bold. Am I making any sense right now? No, okay, 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 okay. I'm trying to work my, my way around through this because I, I like it. I like your thought process here. Uh, it depends. It's 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 dependent on our definition of bold. Like, like it, what I was trying to get at with my original question is like, is like, is being bold better, and why is being bold better? And um, I wouldn't. Here, here, I'll jump in. Being bold just to be bold is imposter syndrome. Okay, I'm not saying go right. against the grain just to do it. But I would say being bold is more of doing exactly what you want to do and not giving a shit right. about the repercussions. Yes, I agree with that. But uh, so you just said it's about doing exactly what you want. And and what I'm trying to figure out is like, why do you want that? And usually the, the things that you do that are bold, the things that you want are usually can come like, it comes from an unknown place. Like, Oh, I want to, I like, like being bold is, is drop shipping Amazon a really a bold thing to do when there's just so many influencers. Like when you just follow someone's Instagram, you see someone making money on, on Amazon, like drop shipping fucking products from China. Like, is that bold? Like no matter how much money you make, is it really bold? Or like, and, uh, and like what I was trying to get at with, like, and that's why I suggested to talk about desire is like, it's like, where does that desire to be bold or different come from? Because okay. it might just be a desire to be the same as someone that you've seen who appears bold. Wow. You know? okay. Yes. And so I'm going to rope it back just to like tie it together of my TikTok alg crypto thing. Mm -hmm. If you have, you know, your bold glasses on. In this case, your crypto TikTok glasses on. The TikTok algorithm has you nailed down to see all these crypto because they know that's what you like. That's know what you consider that they know that you consider it bold. We'll say bold is agreeable in this case, or at least like unique, or you 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 enjoy that content. Yes, correct. Yeah, and then on the flip side, you start to think, is crypto saturated? Maybe this isn't bold. I see it everywhere. But in reality, the algorithm is pushing it to you to make it seem that way. And I don't know if they want you to think that deeply and think yourself out of doing it because you don't see it as bold. But I feel like the algorithm fucks with why you desire it because you thought it was unique and bold to dropship or do crypto or this or that. But in reality, the algorithm knows you and they're making it appear as if that is the only option at this point, which turns some people off to doing it, which, which is what you're saying, right? Because where does the desire come from? Do they want to be unique? Right, right. And I think I think a, right now there's a huge desire to be unique because, I mean, if you just look at social media, it's like the people who the people who have the most followers are unique, but we're seeing more and more people who are unique in that same category until it gets to a point where 
there's so many people in those categories that they're not unique anymore. And um, I think, I don't know, I think there's just gonna be a huge culture shift. And uh, to go into crypto, like the crypto is just a weird one where like, we're like, no matter what cryptocurrency, and that's why I've been devil's advocate on like about the people you have on who says, oh, you should have invested in this cryptocurrency. Look at, go to CoinMarketCap and look at every cryptocurrency graph. No matter which crypto you don't like, no matter which crypto you picked, you're, you're at least like if you've invested six months ago, like you're, you're like at least five X in your money. And so like everyone's succeeding, but in my opinion, it's just become this mimetic thing where like this person's made money on crypto. Therefore you have to make, therefore you have to invest in crypto, which is driving up the markets. And it's going to be, it's creating this massive bubble because as soon as everyone starts losing money and you need to sell, everyone's just going to be like, okay, it's time to sell, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's going to be like, oh shit, he's selling. I need to sell. And then that's how bubbles collapse. So it's, uh, yeah, and then that's just a really good uh, analogy for for everything, and that's why I think social media has become just kind of this mimetic thing where we all kind of try and do the same things. We see what the popular people want, and we all more or less follow them. And then, and then as your friends follow someone in popular culture, you start to follow them, and then someone follows you, and it's this whole it's this whole cycle. Because it's hard to know in this day and age when like we have all our needs met. Most people have all our needs met. You you have food, you have shelter. Um, and I mean, some people don't. And that's um, a tough thing to fight through. But like once you have all your needs met, like we're freely able to choose what we want. And it's just like, why? Why do we choose the things that we want? We can't. And it's crazy what social media has become. I remember when Instagram was literally just like posting you and your friend getting freaking ice cream. But now it's literally the main advertising channel for literally anything. Crypto, yeah, drop shipping, side hustles in general, this, that, this. Um, and like you're saying, crypto is a bubble. So likening that to anything else, I think by the time you see crypto rising, crypto is a metaphor for just what is hot right now, we'll say. Yeah. It's unique. Once you see that crypto rising and all the experts making the videos about their success, you're already seeing the outward effect of moves that they decided to make months ago. Right. So by the time you're getting on other people's wave in crypto or life, trends, clothes, what the hell ever it is, it's not actually in the moment. Yeah, right. I agree. Uh, but it could also create the, the moment for longer. Like the more people, the, the thing with crypto is like, crypto needs adoption and so like 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 look at dogecoin for example who i i i've been a huge critic of of dogecoin and now i'm starting to think like why not like if you get enough people using a crypto like it could become a cryptocurrency like they're all virtually they're all a lot of them are very similar like uh dogecoin is very similar to bitcoin it could work it could work as an exchange, especially if if Elon gets a ton of developers over there and they actually make it into a solid cryptocurrency and they could do it. Tesla has the best engineers in the world. And that's something Elon would do for fun because all he has to do is tell him to do it. So, by the way, speaking of Elon, likening this back to autonomous desire, what do you think? What do you think a guy like Elon is motivated by? Because at this point, it seems like it's power money, but we don't know. OK, I, I think everyone 
has Elon wrong. I, I think Elon's a perfect example of what we're talking about here. He's created this cult following of, of people who will do like whatever he says they will put, he will put their money in. Like he lit, people will religiously follow whatever Elon says and people who love him. Uh, I mean, my opinion on Elon is that he actually has really great intentions. Like he wants to like bring human consciousness to other planets because he thinks that something horrible could happen to the earth and he wants to make the earth more sustainable. Like I think his intentions are very pure and they have been for decades. Like he's literally wanted to start, he started PayPal with the intention to make money so he could start a rocket ship company so he could bring people to Mars. Like the dude has imagination like no other, but there's also this other side to him that's literally just a troll. Like he just says, fuck it, this is hilarious. Like, I don't think he's trying to become popular. I don't think he's super egotistic. I, I genuinely think he thinks it's hilarious what he's doing. Like, I, I think it's hilarious. Like he posts fucking memes all the time. He, the memes he posts drives markets up billions of dollars. Like that's hilarious. And if you're telling me that if your memes changed the entire, like it, it changed the economy, like you would fucking do the same thing. Cause it's funny. And also yeah. if he's skeptical of the earth, this is kind of a good way to prove his own point. Cause it's headed towards yeah. media dictated world. I haven't thought about it, but that's hundred percent true. Well, hold on. Do you want to start Mars Twitter with me? Uh, Mars Twitter. I'm, I'm down. I don't know anything about Mars or Twitter, but I'm in. Mitter, Mitter, where Elon can dictate. Mitter. No, no, no. He needs to be the leader. Well, no, well, anyway. Okay, okay, okay. Where were we before Elon? Um, Economist desire. Where are you? You're thinking about, you know, the past two months. Why do you want what you want? Right. Uh, yeah. And so what I was going to say is like Elon's a perfect example of just or, or anyone with like a huge following. Like, like people just put so much trust in it and and like I, I genuinely think that these people like they're they're I guess they're the paragons of whatever uh, industry or like culture segment like whether you watch like Call Her Daddy uh, a super popular podcast she just got a huge payday whoever the host of that oh, show like sixty million over three years yeah like and I just think that like and like I've listened to a few episodes I, it's unlistenable for me um, but like. People religiously watch that and they uh, and the jokes that they talk about, like people like it, like the things that she wants. I don't even know her name or they. Is it two girls? One girl? Al Alex Cooper now. Yeah. Just Alex. Yeah. Yeah. And like I, I, the people model their desires after her, like the things that she talks about, like and, and like I, I've noticed it with like stand up comedy, like the comedians like that. I, I listen to their podcast. I'm huge in the stand up comedy. Like I've seen my attitude towards them change based on the things that they say. Uh, and I, I just think it's an interesting topic. Like if that's what motivation comes from, if motivation is mimetic and comes from other people, like we should consciously choose the people that we're trying to model because mimetic desire is very important. Like Gerard talked about this too. Like it's not just a bad thing. It's also a good thing. Like, like, to like, if you have a really loving and caring family, like you want to model your desire based on your loving and caring family so you can create your own. And recently I've thought that like, I care less about money than I thought I did a year ago when I was starting my business. Like, I think I do care about family and love more important than 
and so I'm trying to find like the right models and I do have really good, like my friend's parents are like really good models and they've always made me want to have like a really solid family that has like really good family values. And I think that we need to look for healthy models, like people that we can model our desire after. So now we're really getting into the second um, So you mentioned Alex Cooper, right? Call her daddy, get 60 million from Spotify. Spotify is pushing her out as somebody that's going to be everywhere. She will affect desire, right? Because she's a right. voice that everybody is hearing. So mini example, hypersexual, hypersexualization or pun intended, of society was something that people were going to look for a few years ago. And now I would say with Collar Daddy getting blasted into everybody's ears, society will be hypersexualized. Right. Therefore, what is it? Mimetic? Mimetic. M-I-M-E-T-I-C. I mean, desires will be amplified by that and that platform. And that's right. what you're saying. You need to be careful of who you are listening to consciously and subconsciously, which is you can't subconsciously you know, focus on something. So what I'm trying to say, I mean, you're, you're correct. You have, to, you have to watch who your role models are, who, who you're listening to, whether you know it or not. And I right. think- you know, these big influencers, these top influencers are going to change this landscape of desire in civilization, in society as we know. Totally. Yeah, no, it, uh, and I just think, I think they already have a ton. Like, I think we're like, I, I think having a good product is now less important than having people like your product. Yeah. And so it, it matters less about whether you have a good product than- Or do you have a star? Having- yeah. And then, then having people you pay to say you love it. Right. Like, and uh, like, I know you got a little business venture brewing and you need to take advantage of that. The best is to have both. You need, you want to have a good product, but you know, like you, you can't make it, especially in like, like technology or an app in the app space. Like you want to have people, you want to have people like your product. You want public people to like your product. This will get people to use it. Um, so you can also use it social proof, right? Right. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, from your, from your perspective, who would be the most ideal person that you could get to endorse Seattle Bookman, right? Seattle Bookman. It's crazy. Like my, my business model is very unique in the sense that like we're targeting, uh, people with books or people who are likely to throw away books. And those people aren't older. Uh, I mean, those people are like, those people are older, right? Like, so like the young people of our generation who are, are more mimetic in my opinion, because they have access to all these influencers and all this stuff. Uh, they're not likely to be getting rid of tons of books. Uh, it's the people who have accumulated a ton of books over the course of their life. And maybe they're too old. And so to like take them anywhere or recycle them or donate them. Um, and they're just like, I need these gone. I can't move them. And so instead of paying a junk, a junk pickup business to haul them to the trash, they just need to know about my business. And I think it's unique enough. I don't have to rely on influencers because no one else does what I, what our company does and as quickly and efficiently as we do. So, uh, I don't see the need for it, but once I start selling books, 
um, on our own website, which is coming soon. Yeah. Influencers seem like a cool, cool way to do it. Like in some sense, it feels like manipulation, like, Oh, like paying someone to pretend to like my, the books that I'm selling. Um, but in another hand, it's just fun. Like it's just fun marketing, uh, and people appreciate it. I don't know. Uh, so I, I don't know if there's anyone, maybe like, uh, as a person to get like, uh, Russell Wilson, maybe. Ooh, okay. Cause he's yeah. a smart guy. He covers a lot of bases. He's smart. He's good looking. Yeah. He's athletic. He's got Sierra. He's got money. Yeah. There's a lot. And of- he's, yeah. He's the most, he's the biggest model to keep it in the perspective. Like he's the biggest model in Seattle, like for any age group, like everyone watches the Seahawks in Seattle. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get Russell Wilson anytime soon. We're not putting up that many numbers. Uh, but yeah. So going back to um, playing devil's advocate, do you have a devil's advocate argument for desire being autonomous? Uh, do I have a, like a devil's advocate on like what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I definitely don't think it's autonomous and maybe it's not fully mimetic, but how are we supposed to know like everything in our life is based on other people, right? Like, uh, like that's just how culture works and it's cool. It's not a bad thing. I'm not saying for a second that people wanting things because other people want things is a bad thing. Like that's cool to like share desires with other people. Uh, but I think it can be toxic if you don't really think about it. Like, like if you want something for like a really evil reason and it's not just, he also talks about how, it's not just people you look up to like celebrities or your friend that you're very envious. Like it can be enemies too. Like, like I know at some point in your life, you've had an enemy where they became successful and you want to like get the things that they have, or you don't want to let them. hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's really, I think it's healthy to get rid of that or those people from your subconscious and to like, forget about them. Uh, yeah. And I, so I, I definitely don't think it's fully autonomous. I think that's crazy to think that all of your, your desires are just like internal. Like you just like were meditating. You're like, I want to invest in Ethereum. Like that's insane. No, like that's not how it works. Like we're always looking for social cues and that's how language, that's how we learn language. So like we, we are mimetic creatures. We can learn things just by other people doing them and it's cool, but I don't, I, I can say with uncertainty that it doesn't happen in isolation for sure. No, there's no way. And you also see, I, well, I think if it did happen in isolation, which probably it has, um, I think those people are obviously so much further removed from pop culture, social media, and those big influences. Like right. we're talking people in the fucking woods maybe even Amish people. I don't know any Amish people, but they're up there on Twitter, Instagram. They're not meditating about Ethereum. Mm-hmm. They're meditating about Lumbercoin where they're going to chop it down tomorrow. Some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, they're, if they're autonomous, if you're truly autonomous and desire, you have to be like rid of all technology. Yeah. Because it's influences everywhere. TV, uh, fucking, I mean, even billboards, fuck technology. I mean, marketing's everywhere. So my point is, how the hell could it be autonomous if you're not literally on an excursion in the woods for a year? Right. No. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I guess to go into meditation, but the point of meditation is to kind of rid yourself of all desire. Right. And that's 
kind of the theory of like, uh, like, I guess, uh, like people I, I listen to who have like, like Sam Harris's meditation app, like that's a cool thing is to like realize that all thoughts are, uh, they don't actually come like you're not doing the thinking. They just appear in consciousness and, and it's, it's freeing to realize like anytime you want a hit of nicotine or anytime that you need a drink, like if you just pay attention to the, that desire and that urge as a thought that just appears, you can actually just realize that that's not, that has nothing to do with you. Uh, and so that's kind of the whole point of meditation, but, but to say that someone in complete isolation, like, let's say that if they were in isolation their whole life, like they'd just be a crazy person and they like, they would, they, you can't just summon up like the things that we want are in context of our language and we've created language and we need to talk to other people to learn about things. And we, we read to be educated. And then that's how we devise our thing. So like everything comes from another source, like another human, like, and all of the information that comes in, like, even if we're using that information to make autonomous decisions, like it's still coming from other people and the information we get. And now like what you're saying with social media, it's like, we're, we've never had a period of time in human history where so much information is being transferred, uh, and we can just see all these people wanting and doing different things. Like, like I, and I've known like one random example is like van van, like people buying sprinter vans and wanting to travel the world and people making vlogs about how like them and their significant other, like traveling, having an amazing time. It's like, I've never seen a vlog. Like there's no vlog made about how, like how they're doing it. And they hate it. Like everyone likes the thing that they're trying to promote. And so you can, I don't know where I'm going with this, but what I'm trying to say is that nothing, no idea you have happens in isolation. Like, no, you've never had an original. Most ideas aren't original. No. Like, have you, like, you could argue that no ideas are original except for the first idea. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, um, no, no, this is this is good because it's springing a lot of side conversations. So you've broadened up two giant figures in somebody's life, and arguably the only two, not only two, but big two. So it's a role model and an enemy who has what you want. A uh, role model and what? And an enemy. Yeah. Both of those motivate you in different ways. Right. Right. If, if, if it's a role model, it's you know a desire to be like them. And it's through kind of love, emulation, inspiration. And then on the other side, you have an enemy who has what you want, a rival. It's through jealousy, envy, I don't know, disdain. I'm trying to get Webster's, you know, Marion Webster's dictionary asked for it. But do you think that changes? This is this, I'm getting deep here. Do you think that changes the frequency of the vibration of your design, whether it's going after what an enemy has? or what a role model has. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I guess I'll bring theory back into this, even though I, I wasn't. Uh, he talks about competition. So Rene Girard is, when I say he, he's kind of the founder of this theory. And Peter Thiel is the one who kind of like, I don't know, you know who Peter Thiel is? One of the first investors in Facebook. He's one of my models for sure. Like I listen to every video he has and he talks about how, uh, uh, 
like the people who get in conflict are people who are similar to you. So like, so you don't fight with people who are completely different than you. Usually you're fighting, like if you're fighting with people who want the same thing as you, and usually you're close with the people who want the same things as you. And sometimes your friends can actually be your enemies. Like, like, I know, like, have you ever had a relationship in your life where like, where like you might be friends with someone but you're kind of both going after the same thing. And when someone gets that slight edge on you, like you feel slighted and you feel like, like their success is, is uh, like, it's a zero sum game. Like their success equals your failure. And then you need to do something to like either equalize it or get ahead of them. And uh, I've noticed that too. Like sometimes people you become friends with can actually have this toxic enemy like uh, qualities to it. And yeah, and so I, I think I, I don't, to answer your question, I don't think enemies and friends uh, are completely binary. I think that some parts of people are enemies and some parts are friends, etc. Because I think people like to, to uh, compete over things that might not be that important. And uh, I think, yeah, and that's another huge part of mimetic theory is competition. It's like, people compete for the sake of competing. Like we compete for these jobs or, or admissions into Harvard just because everyone's competing for them because you crown a champion. And uh, like, it's literally a tournament to get into Harvard. That's all it is. It's this tournament that everyone plays and the winner gets into Harvard. And then the prize isn't you get a Harvard education. The prize is you're better than everyone else who tried to get into Harvard. And so you could think of those as enemies. That's what I'm saying. How crazy is it? If you look at the human timeline, we have a tournament for a Harvard diploma. Back in the day, it was you had to beat out like eight fellow cavemen to get this cool piece of rock. I don't know. I don't even know what they valued back then. Because media, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, you can extrapolate it to any any time period. Um, but as we're saying, and I know we like to talk about social media and kind of this, this day and age, it's like, but it's so easy to see, I guess, the tournaments that are worth fighting for or worth fighting for, because that those are the things that everyone wants. So you want to get in on things that everyone wants. Whereas like cavemen and in the olden days, you had a very small tribe and it was more like you didn't you didn't have all of these different people to re to reference. And so uh, people in each tribe were like extremely different because they had no access to other tribes. And then like to the, the extreme on the opposite side is globalization, how we're just all becoming one giant tribe of people like intercommunicating. And you can see that people in, in Switzerland might be very similar to a subset of people who are watching the same content uh, in the U S. So like, it is crazy. And I think the further back you go in time, people are going to end up being more and more different because the cultures were extremely different. Like, like if you look at like the Romans or any other group, like they're going to be extremely different. The like buildings are going to look otherworldly. And now like everything's kind of becoming the same. And that's my beef with social media the most. It's like, it's not where to, sh I don't think it's, I think everyone is more or less becoming similar and it's removing true character and like things like Spotify, like 
it used to be a cool thing to own cool music, right? Like it used to be a cool thing, like, oh, I bought this album, blah, blah, blah. But now everyone just kind of streams the same playlists, listen to the same songs that pop up on your feed for whatever reason Spotify chooses. Uh, and so I think it's removing a cool part of our culture that we're all just more or less becoming more similar. I don't think it's as fun. So does that mean in turn, to your point earlier, is it now harder to be bold, whatever that definition is, individually, amongst the group? I don't know. Is it harder to be bold than it ever has been with big corporations and big money grabbers pushing you towards an algorithm, a filter that they think you'll like? Mm-hmm. Counting everybody has data points. Is it harder to be bold? Yes. And what is your uh, what is your definition of bold? No, 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 no. And, and so I, I think my definition of bold is to to really try and think independently. Like, and we were we were just talking about how impossible it is to think independently, but to like truly have an understanding in an area that brings you like intrinsic value to your life. Like, how does this thing help you self-actualize? Like, how does how does whatever you're doing help you become the person you want to become like like from a value perspective not not invest in ethereum and travel the world because that is what other people are doing like there's not that exact thing is glamorized right now right yes yeah and it's like what what's the point and also if money is your motivation why make money like why would like if you want a million dollars like let's say you have a million dollars tomorrow it's like like, what are you going to do? Like, are you just going to not do anything anymore? Are you going to live on a beach? I, I mean, maybe I'm biased because when I go on vacation, I have a four day cap, like until I'm bored of shit. Like I cannot sit on a beach. Uh, like I go nuts. I will start a fight with someone because I'm bored. Uh, not actually, but, uh, heard rumor. Yeah, no, it's my, I guess my definition of being bold. is like really think about why you want to do anything and if it's because you want something because other people want something that's not a bad thing it's like but you need to choose the right people to model your life after and you need to find the big things that you you believe in to guide you through your life and uh yeah maybe i'm getting too preachy and maybe i'm wrong about all of this no i mean we could be wrong i don't know if anybody's right at by any means I mean, everybody could be right, everybody could be wrong. But to your point, it's so hard to think freely. I'm not even thinking freely right now because I have people telling me to think freely, right? Like it's right, like, right. Cycle. you're a hamster on a wheel. Yeah. But that is exactly why we try to bring on people of literally all backgrounds that have done something and have a story. Because right. We don't want to say you have to be, if my last three episodes are with an uh, entrepreneur, fitness trainer, and an athlete, we don't want to have to say you have to be one of those three to be bold. Right. That, you're, that's not autonomous free thought. That's just yes. pushing an agenda on a platform. So I like that a lot from you. Have you thought before, have you thought about this before, about free thought and how to magnify and free think more? Yeah, yeah. It- it's not the goal isn't to, to think freely because as we were just talking about like free thinking is it's a, a misnomer it's a misnomer like it's uh it's like you're you're never going to just autonomously have 
ideas or desires or come up with this life. Like the point is to figure out why you want certain things and whether that reason is, is worth it or not. And, uh, and it's kind of helped me recently as I've dove into this, like really guide my decision-making in my business and in life. Uh, it's helped me let go of things I need to let go of. Uh, and it's helped me make decisions like rather than pushing for massive profits, like in the next two months, we're, we're launching a program where we're going to do drop-off sites for people who have the little free libraries. Do you guys have those over there where people have the little, looks like a little, like a big birdhouse type thing and people put books in, like, we're going to help the community load those up with books. So people get access to free books. We're going to start donating books. Like, uh, and I, like, I want my business, like, and I want to become a more generous person because in the first year, when you start a business, you have to be selfish to a degree because you need to be selfish with your time. You need to be selfish with, um, with a lot of things to make something happen or to get good at something um, or learn about a field. But like now, once now I've reached a point where I have a bunch of employees and we actually have a company culture, like now it's time where we can actually create something that does good for the world. And I've really, I really want my business. Cause I mean, my business is like 60% of my life at this point, like to become something that has like really positive things for the world to make people happy. And I'm trying to figure out the best way to do that. And uh, because I've really questioned my drive for profits recently. And um, it's made me think that like, wow, it's really not that important. Um, I mean, it is to keep your business running, but it's, it should not be the, it should, it should be a means to an end, not in the end in itself, if that makes sense. No, and that connects with what we've been saying. Um, money and influence really affects a lot of people. And once yes. you realize that you could have such a big influence, not only on Seattle, but I mean, the country and beyond in the future as a whole, don't you want to be a positive beacon? Uh, right. You want to promote the right things. You want totally. to, you know, ignite a feeling of warmth when they get a book, What, no matter what it is. So I'd assume that's where you're kind of coming from. Yep. 100%. And I think, I guess I'm assuming, I, I got to wrap up pretty soon. I got to go, uh, I got to run in a little bit, but uh, I guess what I've really been thinking about is, I guess is, is like, like think of money and influence, like wanting money and wanting influence is not bad in itself. Uh, there are some really incredible people who need influence to like promote the good things that they're doing. Um, and I think that if you want money to change the world, like if you have ideas about changing the world, like, you should, you better be going out and making fucking money. Like you should stop complaining about society. The world works. You go make money to yeah. make the difference. Like most people in our generation are just mad. Like, oh, their system's corrupt. It's like, no, you can play the game and then you can go get your coin and you can start something that has positive effects. Like you can actually do that. Uh, and so if you need money to do it, if you need millions of dollars, go do it. Like you might fail, you'll probably fail. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, you'll fail like, when you quit. You fail when you quit. You yeah, fail. I agree. I agree with that. And I just think that there's so many ways you can impact the world. And if you need influence, like go get it. it like, and I think bold perceptions is a great example. Like, you need influence. You need to become an influencer to like to get the scope that you want. But I, I genuinely think that your product, which is your podcast, is 
is worth it. It's changed my perspective on multiple levels. I think it's a very healthy podcast. So you should want influence. Like you not wanting influence is bullshit. Like I'd be mad because I want your podcast to get bigger because I want to keep listening to it. Uh, so like if you, you should just have the underlying thing that you want for a good reason, and then you should look for money, influence, et cetera. That's all I'm going to say. No, and I know you got to go. You, we always start heating up right when you got to go. We've been heating up <laughs> a while. But no, I completely agree. I think it's selfish. I think it's selfish to not want influence and money. And that's kind of counterintuitive to what you've been taught. But if you have a great you know, message or you symbolize something that's important to you, your values, why wouldn't you want those two things to promote it? And those are the only two things you can promote it with. Um, but we'll wrap it up. We got hot. We got hot real late there. We might have to make some cuts to shorten this for everybody's attention span. I don't know how I'm going to do that, but uh, Brooklyn, thank you for coming back on. Yeah. Um, you're on part one, part two, of course. I mean, if you like the way he sounds, if you like his thoughts, go listen to the first two. Again, run it back. Herb Brooks, again. And uh, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, always a pleasure. This is a blast, man. Blast off. See you, Brooks. All right. See ya.